we're back in studio. No more state far fair. And so now poor, so uh, poor Brian doesn't get to, um, doesn't get uh, isn't in the studio all by himself. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah, there you go. There you there go. You go. Yep. So anyway, so hopefully you got some great questions for me. And uh, with nine eleven uh, yesterday, boy, I'll tell you the all week all the the info that they put out and stuff like that was uh, amazing. And um, I think if you you've been with me for uh, this is the twentieth year for me doing the show. Is that 19 years ago? I did the first drive, uh, 9/11 drive. I started out with me, uh, with my Cushman and two, uh, two four wheel, three four wheelers, and then a great big huge tractor driving a flag around the big block, which takes about an hour to go around up in Hugo. And anyway, so each year we. Uh, you know, extended the invitation to more neighbors around. And so the offer is, you know, bring flags are a must. <laughs> and whether you want to decorate a four-wheeler, a tractor, a truck, a car, yourself, then we have a hay wagon that people can ride on, you know, if they d- just want to ride with. And then we have potluck afterwards. Last year we didn't have a potluck because of what was going on, but we did do the drive. And anyway, so we did it, and beautiful day yesterday, just gorgeous. So we took it full advantage of it, and then there's a small cemetery that's along the way that most people don't know about in Hugo, and it's um, uh, basically like kids that were buried, uh, like they were only a couple days old, like back in the 1800s, and then there's and then there's a couple other regular people, you know, in there too as far, but they're all uh, it's from the area in, in Hugo, obviously. And anyway, so we always stop there and then put flags on, on the, some of the stones and such like that. And I'm sure there's more stones in there that have been overgrown that we don't even know that's there because some of them, you know, stand up and there's a couple that we can find that are, you know, flat. And so we did that. So that was uh, really good. And the big thing that I... I um, I, what I come away with is how everybody felt after 9-11 and how we all came together and basically just become one, you know, over the whole thing and, and how far we have become divided right now is really driving me over a cliff. You know, we all bleed the same. And the thing is, is that, you know, if we were all were blind, we would see no color. And so I just wish everybody can just get into that mindset of how, we came together as a country, you know, with 9-11, and uh, we need that again. You know, we need to not see color, not to see anything, just, you know, hey, you're a cool person, you know, and let's work work together. So, And unfortunately, disaster happens, whether it be fires or the hurricanes and such like that, that uh, that's when people come together. You don't see anything other than somebody helping you. Because you're devastated, and uh, and I'll tell you one thing: I it's it's huge to feel there is nothing, no better feeling in the whole world when you do something for somebody, and especially if it's not even asked for, but you know it has to get done, and you do it because it needs to be done. You don't, there's no, not even a thank you's good, but you know, and you know in your heart you did good, and so that's what we got to get back to, folks. So, so remembering a line eleven, and another thing that struck me is that how the kids. You know, after, you know, they're young at that time or we're not even born, you know what I mean? They, they, they don't know that feeling we all felt when the towers fell and what happened. And so that's why we got to perpetuate that. And that's why with this 9-11 drive, I encourage families to bring, you know, kids, grandkids so that they can remember because it does not need to be forgotten. And it will because they don't teach it in school. And this is a 20 year anniversary. So they made a big hubba hubba about it. And, uh, but it, that's something that each year, you know, the, all the kids should be learning, understanding. 
understanding and what our our, our what our nation went through, you know, uh, at that time. So, okay. So anyway, so yeah, if you got some questions, give a holler six five one six four one one zero seven one. That's six five one six four one six. Did you do six five one six four one one zero seven one? And today, what we're, along with some dumb dad jokes, uh, we're also going to be going where um, you know they talked about all the bravery of the people, and there are so many people don't realize there was three hundred dogs that helped in the search and rescue in nine eleven. And so we're gonna uh, I'm gonna go over some of the dogs that, and what they did and where they were from uh, today. So when we come out of break, we'll answer the trivia question, or we'll go into a break about a dog and then come back and talk about it more. So because that's so they were so instrumental in finding, you know, rescues and then it turns into then uh not rescue is it's called what what is that called when they when they're uh re, uh what's that called? Okay, you go in for rescue, but when everybody's gone, it's recover. Okay. And so see there's dog and people don't realize this too. There's dogs that are taught to smell out living, you know, the human scent of live. And then there's cadaver dogs. A uh, cadaver dogs is, uh, is educated on the scent of death. Believe it or not, there's a big difference between the two. <laughs> and there is, it's very rare you'll find a dog that can do both, you know, seek rescue and seek out the live and to do the cadaver dog. But usually they just have one specialty, just like arson dogs and, and bomb dogs and such like that. And so, because it's really hard, it takes a lot for a dog to, if any of you guys done nose work, you know how powerful a dog's nose is. It's just, it's unbelievable. They can tell, the, the best smelling dog with the best nose, do you have any idea, just uh, at all? What, like how powerful? Yeah, no, yeah, like or? what, no, what breed of dog has the most powerful nose for sniffing? I'm going to go with German Shepherd. Well, it's close. Okay. It's a bloodhound. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bloodhound, you know how when they put their head down, all the folds go to the face? Mm. And that scoops up all the smells and then how big and broad their nose is. The, the Bloodhound is the best. And then your labs and your shepherds are, and then your retrievers. Those are the main sniffing dogs. And some dogs uh, can are, have a high high sensory in their nose without being what you, would you call, you know, a nose dog. You know, like a terrier or a doxy or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so anyway. Okay. So uh, what we're going to do is why don't we six five one six four one one zero seven one? Why don't we run to break early and then we'll come back? Okay, uh, so let's see what do we got here. Oh, what did, what did I do? Okay, well, you may take a minute here. <laughs> I, I, must, I think I bent the page back in the wrong thing. Okay, what kind of dessert do you eat in the bathtub? What kind of dessert do you eat in the bathtub? We'll be back. Well, hello, we're back. Yay, give a holler, 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071. Okay, Brian, what kind of dessert do you eat in the bathtub? Um, oh, geez, put me on the spot. Uh, Crimble I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you're in the bathtub, and these are dumb dad jokes, okay? Yep. Uh, you eat sponge cake. Sponge cake. Eat oh. sponge cake. What kind of dessert do you eat in the bathtub? Sponge cake, sponge cake. <laughs> there we go. All right. So give, uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, who's up first? Yeah, so we got Kathy on the line, and she has a question on, is there any ways to prevent shedding from your pets? You bet there is. Hey, Kathy, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Oh, look at oh, that. Who's who's that? That was uh, that was Frankie. Frankie? Yeah. That's a deep voice. <laughs> yeah. She sounds fierce, but she's very 
Friendly. How big is Francie? How many? Friendly, uh, let's see, pound-wise, she's about 60 pounds. Oh, okay. She sounded bigger than that. She's a boxer. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, yeah. what's going on? Well, uh, I just got her two weeks ago from the Minnesota Boxer Rescue. Oh, well, thank you for rescuing. Yeah, and she's a great dog. And I didn't notice it right away, but now it seems like she's shedding more than I thought. Okay, okay. So I'm wondering, is there an additive I can sure give her? Part of the shedding right now uh, is happening because a dog shed twice a year. Uh, oh, okay. Some breeds shed three times a year, like your Huskies and your Shepherds. Uh-huh. But spring and fall. And what now, they're dropping their coat, getting ready for the density of a winter coat. Oh. Okay. And so what they do, and also when the furnace goes on to when the furnace goes off, uh-huh. you know how we um, have to put lotion on our dry skins because it's, the furnace is drying us out, you know? Right. Okay, so with, so now with the furnace is going to be kicking in, and then like the change of season, them dropping their coat, getting ready for winter, uh-huh. then what you want to do is bump up your omega-3s and 6s. And, okay. you know, like your fish oils. The smaller oils are better, like mackerel, krill, uh, sardine, because they don't have the heavy metal content. Okay, uh-huh. if you take fish oil, give some to your dog. A sm- if you do the milligrams, like a people one, you know, a small dog, you can do 500 milligrams a day. A medium dog, uh, 1,000 milligrams a day. Okay. And a large dog, you can do 1,500 to 2,000 milligrams a day. Okay. Okay. And then otherwise you can get some in, you know, uh, uh, oil, you know, in a pump. And you put it in the refrigerator when you, once, you, once you open it up. Yeah. And then um, uh, you can canned sardines. Okay. In water. Canned sardines and water, all right? Okay. Because uh, there again, the small fish don't have the heavy metal content. Oh, okay. okay. And, so you said mackerel, uh, sardines, and what else? Uh, krill. Krill. Krill, yep. Okay. Okay. And uh, and then, like I said, if you got a fisherman, flay uh, some for the fish for the yes, dog. Yeah, right. <laughs> but otherwise, that's it. And then the, the bigger thing is, is that I tell a lot of people, too, when they go through this coat blow, whether it's a fall or the spring, uh-huh. is this what, what has Pertner done? Then what you do is you bring them to a groomer and have them blow out the final coat. Give them a bath. And then what it does is that they take, it's basically a vacuum on reverse. Okay. And so it makes a heck of a mess. And you can go to some parlors like Pet Evolution. I believe they have a self wash that you can go to. And so that, because I know the groomers are kind of hard to get into now. Yes. Yeah. Because everybody's got doodles and they're, you know, just having a dick. And then there's a lot of the uh, groomers, unfortunately, they have been around as long as I have 40 years in the business uh-huh. and they got carpal tunnel or they're just you know what i mean it's they're done they've been doing it for too long they just can't do it anymore oh. so there's, and unfortunately now it went wrong or there's groomers getting out of the business not enough coming in and uh-huh. everything that's being bred to doodles that there's a huge huge need for groomers so if any of you guys out there looking for a job you go to i think it's called rio grand or something like that down by uh, hastings that is it a is a dog grooming school oh. because that would be huge uh, something to get into and just put a just put a shingle out or let me know you're in business you build a clientele and it, it wouldn't won't take long to build a clientele i'll tell you that Oh wow! So anyway, okay. but that's a big thing. And then, what kind of uh, what you want to use on your the dog's coat? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen those mitts that you can put your hand in and there's like little rubber knobbers on it? Yeah. Okay, that's really good for a boxer coat. Oh. Okay. okay. And they love it because it's almost like a massage yeah. that you're doing at the same time. Okay. All right. And then there's another one. It's called it's a rubber and it's like has fingers that come down. We use it in the horse world where we, you would kind of do it in a circular motion. Uh-huh. Okay. And then that's really 
good for lifting the coat out and getting that out. Oh, okay. Okay, and then uh, because otherwise, basically, they have no coat, like a Doberman or a Pitt or whatever. Yeah. And so you you don't want anything that has points to it. Okay, yeah. that's not what you want. So that that's the main thing. Okay. 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 Well, good luck. Make Lovely. sure. Lovely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Katie. Have, have a good one. Take care. Bye now. Bye bye. Yeah, shedding folks, they're going to start blowing the coats. What happens when the days get shorter, the coat gets longer. That means more dense because they're getting ready for winter. All right, so they're going to shed out the beauty hairs from the summer and get in that density. Sometimes some coats have, some dogs have three, three coats. Uh, some mostly get two coats. So, you know, there's a, the beauty hairs and then there's another layer underneath that. And then in the spring, when the days get longer, the coat gets shorter. And so they start blowing out their winter coat. And so, and if your dog's coat is in shape, uh, yeah, as far as, you know, it's got a good balance of omega threes and sixes. Shedding, once they start blowing their coat, should be done in about two weeks if you're diligent about grooming the dog. But if you're not diligent, then it can go on and on and on. <laughs> um, also for cats, same thing. Get cats on some fish oil because, uh, so they don't have static cling and you don't have your, you know, uh, hair on every place that where, you know, where the cat set <laughs> during the house. Uh, also, uh, with cats, if you get off the total, Dry food and go to good grain-free canned food. That will help with cats throwing up. I keep talking to you about that, and hopefully some of you people are rotating over. Um, I had one cat, it took over a month for to go from a dry food, you know, to a, a grain-free canned food. Bubba was really uh, addicted to his carbs. And I just we just, just kept adding more and more. Uh, canned food with a little bit of warm water in with what I fed them in dry because I just give set feeding times. Do not want to leave the food out in the air because that, what air is the biggest, um, uh, it, it, oxidizes, it oxidizes uh, the food. It makes, it makes it go stale and starts going rancid. So you never want to leave food out. You always want to give set feeding times, one in the morning, one at night. Unless you got a giant breed, like, you know, a Newfoundland, a St. Bernard, a Great Dane, then you can get, you know, feed them three times because then it's, it's smaller meals, which is better for them. Okay. Okay, give a holler. The lines are open, 651-641-1071. Okay, Ammo, the first dog we're going to talk about for 9-11, Ammo, a German Shepherd dog uh, from Florida. It had been traveling the world, all over the world, and helped rescue 2,000 people in his time. He worked with his handler for almost 48 hours and then collapsed at the scene from the from the shock, dehydration, and exhaustion. For, fortunately, he made a complete recovery after receiving treatment. And that's another thing they flew in or they brought in a whole bunch of veterinarians to watch over these dogs that were working on the, uh, you know, on the the dogs that were working on site. They flew in all these uh, these vets to make sure they could care for them because the dogs, you know, they want to please us. And they'll go, OK, I'll go get the ball again. I'll go get the ball again. I'll go get, I'll go find a person again. I'll go find a find you know, and but then what was happening is, is that uh, a lot of the dogs started getting burnt out because they they weren't succeeding. You know, they were sniffing and sniffing and sniffing, and there was no reward because most dogs are trained that when they find what they were find, you know, whether the person is alive or dead, depend. Uh, but anyway, they get what's called a candy rag. Whatever the dog loves to do, whether it's ball, whether uh, you know, catch a ball, or whether it's a Buddha rope, you know, with knots in it. Every dog works for some some different toy, and so when they can work for song, they get burnt out where because they're not being successful. And so what then what they would do with these dogs at 9-11 is they would do mock 
fines so the dog could succeed, feel happy about what he's doing, and then move on and, and keep doing it again. And so it was, yeah, it was just crazy. Now, Apollo is one of uh, main dogs. Remember, there's 300, and there's just a handful here that somebody did a write up on him. Apollo was a German Shepherd also, and his handler, Peter Davis, were at the site of the disaster. You ready for this? Within 15 minutes after the towers fell. Uh, and then uh, Apollo was nearly killed when he became completely engulfed in the flames because of falling debris. But what, but was lucky because he had just emerged from a pool of water. And then, uh, um, whoopsie, there we go. And uh, did not catch on fire. Davis just brushed embers off of him and Apollo kept right on working. Apollo was awarded Britain's PDSA uh, Dickens Medal. So that was another dog that was at 9-11. So it's we we take for granted how much our dogs have dogs have helped in the military and what they did at a lot of like uh, with the, all the bombings. I mean, they bring the, these uh, rescue dogs in for you know all these the stuff that starts going on to find people. So it's you know it's just it's craziness is what it is. So anyway, okay, um, an, another dog that was uh, this is really intriguing. Her name was uh, Roslo, and she was a lab and. Um, her she was a yellow lab and her owner was blind and when the towers got hit that they knew something was wrong and so they headed for the stairway and along the way they picked up 30 other people they had to come down 80 floors 80 floors this dog led 30 people and it took an hour to get to the lobby and then um what happened is that uh they got all they all got out and somebody wrote a book about Roslo and uh, it's it's called uh, Thunder Dog, the true story of a blind man, his a guide dog, and the triumph of trust. So maybe if you're into books, you might want to read that. I haven't read it. But isn't that something to, that lab brought down 80 floors, brought down 30 people? So, I mean, it's, it's just it's unbelievable. Okay, once again, we got uh, open lines, so give a holler, 651-641-1071. Now, um, uh, what did you do? Uh Let's talk about dogs and compulsive disorders of ball chasing. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people that say, oh, my dog loves to play ball. They throw it and they throw it and they get it and they get it and they throw it and they throw it. You know what, folks? You are causing the compulsive disorder by throwing it and throwing it and throwing it. Remember, our dogs want to please us, okay? Uh, so once you teach them facts, it's like, okay, yeah, do it again. Okay, you do it again. But let's turn the tables. Let's pretend the dog... <laughs> Is throwing the ball for you. If you can do exactly and keep pace with what you're expecting your dog do, to do, then go for it. But I had one uh, client that I went to, and, and the whole time we were talking, he was pitching the ball for the dog, trying to tie the dog out, you know, for me to work with him. And I just got, finally, I just reached over and touched my client's uh, arm and I said, Stop. <laughs> he says, Whoa, the dog just loves it. It was a black lab, of course, and it just loves to throw it. Go get the ball. I says, you know, by you throwing it over and over and over, what you're causing is a compulsive disorder. Okay, whereas the dog is like, throw it again, throw it again, and they get all antsy in there. Okay, they're barking and they're revving themselves up. Do it again. You as a human has to, you know, be the have the you know the when to do it, when to stop. So anyway, so we'll talk more about it when we come back. What is a wasp's favorite hairstyle? What is a wasp favorite hairstyle? We'll be back. Yay! All right. What is a wasp's 
<laughs> Say that three times real fast. Favorite hairstyle. What do you think? Maybe like a weave or something. Oh, remember these are dumb dad jokes. <laughs> I okay? know. Okay. A beehive. Oh. You know, I don't know if you remember that back at, well, I'm sure you watched some older flicks. Beehives, mm-hmm. you know, they pile the hair all on top of the hair. Yeah. Uh, the hair on top of the head, I mean. Like a cone looking. Kind of sort of, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, that's a wasp's favorite hairstyle, a beehive. All right, okay. Give a holler, 651-641-1071. We're going to take a call. We'll come back to Compulsive Dogs. All right, who's up? Yeah, so we have Marcy on the line who has a question about a dog or her dog um, and ways to prevent barking within the car. All right, in the car. Hi, Marcy, how you doing? Hi, Katie. How are you? Good, good. What kind of pupper do you got? I have a Border Collie McNabb uh, mix. He's a great, great dog named Gordon. Of Lots of energy, and um, and he's a rescue, so we've been doing a lot of work with him mm-hmm. um, outside the car. But the inside the car is a mystery. Okay, and so what's what's going on when you're as you're driving? He's having a fit in the car as things going by, or what? Yes, exactly. So he's usually pretty calm, but he um, loud noises. So motorcycles, mm-hmm. trucks. Um, anything that kind of surprises him. Um, sometimes it'll be even dogs that he sees. Okay. Um, but it's it's always kind of uncontrollable in the car, and it's it's kind of unpredictable because <laughs> sometimes we won't hear a loud noise, so he's right. fine. Um, right. But we're about to head on a big long road trip up to uh, out to Canada and um, up to Banff, and we know we're going to be hearing lots of loud trucks <laughs> on the highway. Yep. I'm getting nervous that this could kind of get in the way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first of all, have you now? What's your quiet word when he barks? What do you? What's your quiet word? Uh, quiet word is um, Gordon. Just stop. No. <laughs> Usually stop. Okay. okay. Or no. Okay. Well. Um, okay. But, what we got to do is find a word that's you know means shut up. You could either okay. use quiet. You could say enough. Or you could say shut up, <laughs> but okay. I prefer using quiet. And then you preface it, yeah, you preface it with a ah. You want to get the attention that growl ah, quiet ah ah ah, ah. quiet. And you go yeah, very we do a lot of ah ah ah. Okay, yeah. and you got to deepen that voice. The deeper and slower your voice is, the more you mean business. Okay. Then have you tried the water bottle? Take a, a hair mister or a plant mister, fill it with water, and set it on stream. No, I okay. haven't heard about this. One. Okay, so what you're going to do is that. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, you have to tag team the dog. The driver just has to drive the vehicle, okay? And somebody <laughs> is going to be working the dog. So then, what you're going to do is um, you're going to try to set yourself up if you can. Uh, have somebody drive by, like in a truck, at a certain time. Like, let's say you're out in front of your place. You know, try to find something, set him up so that you can get into his head immediately. So, let's say you're you're you know down the block. You already talked about you know somebody driving by either with a motorcycle or whatever type thing. You know, at a certain time. So you're gonna get ready. So the minute he alerts, you know, before he even you know he the ears perk up and he jumps up. Okay, that's when you got to get in there. Don't wait for him to see if he's going to bark. He's already alerted to it. The head's up, the tail's up, the ears are up. He's ready to respond, okay? So that the minute he does that, you're going to give him the growl, ah, blast him in the face with the water, and then say your quiet word, quiet. And even if he shuts up for two seconds, just call me and say, thank you. Don't say good boy. That gets him nutsy in the headsy, all right? Mm. You want to keep him calm, steady. So if he's if he quiet, oh, very nice. That was very nice, very nice. And then let's say the head turns again and the ears go up. Ah, 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 blast, quiet. Okay, very nice. Thank you. Now, what's your, the first five times you say and spray, 
Okay, ah, blast, and then uh, quiet. Okay, now you're going to go ah, 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 quiet. And if he doesn't, now the correction again comes in. Because you want to give him that he'll learn to listen to your voice, and you don't need the correction. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And you can also try... Uh, but with the border in them, you could take a pop can, rinse it out, put five pennies in it, tape the top of it shut, and instead of blasting, you shake the can. Ah, shake, quiet, right? Um, uh, also, because the border, he sounds like he's got the border collie head, <laughs> you know, brain. He's more very intense, but very smart. And very smart. Right. And so the more mental work you can do to do, mentally drain him, the less, because usually when you got a high energy dog, you know, everybody runs him and runs him and runs him. And all that does is build an athlete. What he needs is his brain to be worked. He needs a job, like teaching brain games, brain teasers, you know, tricks, you name it. But try to do less of the physical and more of the brainables. Because then you notice how if a person's mentally tired, you can put them in a car and they'll probably sleep. <laughs> The whole time mm. they go because they're mentally tired. Okay. Also, also too, is that, um, uh, if you start the lower and slower, don't start yelling in the car, you know, bad dog, shame on you. Rah, rah, rah. All that does is spur them on. All right. And so that just says it feeds the frenzy. So what you got to do is maintain calmness and then slow and deep. And so you decide what you're, and everybody has to use the same word. Ah, ah, ah quiet. Hey, quiet. As soon as he stops, thank you. So it's ah, blast, quiet, five times. Then it's ah, quiet. And if he doesn't, now you say quiet and he gets the blast. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds like a good a good way to, to, but, to t- approach this. And how long do you think, I mean, obviously training takes time. And with our road trip coming up, is this kind of a thing where you think we could try to, to accomplish this in a couple of sessions or you think this is going to take a couple of months usually oh no 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 within about if you are very diligent and do this once a day for the next two weeks you should by the for end of the first week it should be a huge difference and the second mm-hmm. week is just polishing it but you've got to do yep. this on a daily basis you can't be yep. well i got time today and then maybe you know a week no this has to it's a new rule you're establishing and then also following through with. So then when you go on your vacation, even if he's been doing really well, if it's whether it's the water or whether it's a spray, you know what I mean? Uh, the wa- I mean, whether it's the water or the can, uh, they also have, uh, you know what you clean your computers with? Okay, yeah. the, air, the condensed yeah. air. That loud hissy mm-hmm. noise, a lot of dogs don't like that. Same with cats. Yeah. So what you can do is get a can of that. And so it's going to be, ah, then the hiss, you know, the blast of the air, and then quiet. You don't blast the air at the dog, okay? It's just the sound of that, you know, that, you know, it stops the dog in his tracks. And since he's kind of sound sensitive as it is, but the biggest thing here is to be able to time it correctly. You know, the minute his ear goes up, let's say he's laying down, and all of a sudden the ears pop up, all right? Mm-hmm. And then the, you know what's coming. Do you give him a reminder, ah, 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 you're fine. You're just fine. Ah, ah, you're fine. Try to catch it before he starts barking. Now, there's another thing, too, which you could do on, on the road, the trip. There's a couple things you can do is, uh, like, rescue remedy. And you want the pet one because that doesn't have the alcohol in it. Humans have the alcohol in it. So, res- uh, rescue remedy, you can put take a dropper and put a couple drops in his chops. Okay, the side of his mouth, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. another thing is called stress-free from uh, springtimeinc.com, stress-free. That takes the edge off. You could do that, you know, like start it a week before your trip. 
because this mm-hmm. is one thing that you can do on a daily basis. So we just want to zen him out. You know, we, this is by no means like, where's the dog? And he's zapped on the floor. No, <laughs> what it does is just kind of take that edge off. You know, that like that, that the edge. <laughs> yeah. You know, where you can see he's about ready to blow. It's just antsy. The butt, you know, the eyeballs about popping out of the head. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of you know stuff, and each dog is different as far as what works for them. And the neat thing about when you do. Uh, holistic stuff or, you know, natural remedies that sometimes you can put uh, put them together. You know, you don't have to do it. Unlike if you give them human drugs, you can't miss mix drugs because it's got chemicals in it. So you don't know what the reaction is going to be. But with the natural stuff, most of the time you don't have to. So like I said, so that's another thing too. And then in the oils, you could check in the oils, you know, for calmness. Uh, if you go to Amy, A-M-Y D-Long, D-E-L-O-N-G, Amy D-Long, wait a minute. Amy Williams DeLong. There we go. AmyWilliamsDeLong.com. She's the kind of the guru in the state of Minnesota for oils. And she has like, uh, she's got one that's called, I think, Tree Dirt or something like that. And you put it on your hands and you kind of go side of their face and down the front leg. And it just is supposed to, it zems them, it calms them down. You know, so that's what you want to work on with a little bit of this trip, too. Yeah. Is, you know, and then uh, so that you've got different things that will, you know, calm down the dog. And so that you're not screaming. But remember, don't start screaming and yelling because that just feeds it. All right? And then most people know their dogs to death. No, no. The dog is, no, mm. what? <laughs> you yeah. want to teach the dog words and what to do. And so that's why but go buy that uh, Brain Games for Dogs and bring it with you on your trip and teach to give the dog something mentally to do so it's going to drain them along the way. That's a great idea. Is there any, are there any other kind of mental draining you know the puzzles you mentioned is are there any kind of you know other ideas especially for for border collie mixes you've got a lot of that kind of smart energy to put somewhere any other kind of quick ones that um just given that we're going to be on like a tight tight time schedule every day so i'm not going to be able to you know give them an hour of of training no 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 but it doesn't have to be an hour it could be five Mm. minutes you work on Mm. on a trick it could be 10 minutes to work on a trick everybody's got this in their head that it takes hours at one sitting no you got five minutes you know what I mean? And really, believe it or not, you're already teaching one trick. Quiet. <laughs> okay. Most importantly. Yeah, uh-huh. you're teaching them words and what they mean. And so that's the biggest thing that you have to do with any kind of dog that has high energy. You leave the body alone and you work the brain. And that's making them think, hold a thought, learn stuff. You can go on YouTube and say, put in dog tricks. I like, I'm a visual person. I, I, I want to sit and read. So if I can just see the, the, what I'm supposed to be learning, I can pick it up real quick. Okay. And so that's why I go on YouTube. They've got dog tricks. Uh, and now brain games. Now what it is is that not the puzzles that you buy, the plastic puzzles where you mm-hmm. put food in. No, that's a, once the dog figures it out, it's boring as all get out. So they put in the same puzzle together every day and the dogs looks at you like, do you got anything else? You want to teach them something. And where the biggest problem that most people do is, let's say that you're teaching rollover. Okay, once the dog gets the gist of the rollover, okay, now it's just polishing it, introduce a new trick or a new teaser. People go too long on one thing and the dog gets bored. And when you have a mentally smart dog like that, like I said, you've got to keep it moving forward. Just baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. 
Okay. Great advice. I need. I needed this. Thank All you. right. I've well, got a lot of a lot to work on, but I I feel like I've got the energy. Yeah. To do yeah. It. yeah right now, mentally, say mentally, don't worry about the body. Okay. Don't. That's not what you want to wear down. That's only builds an athlete. Remember, you want to wear that brain out. So when you're in the car, he's happier and content to just lay out. Give him other things <laughs> to think about, and then he's not going to be as reactive to what's around him. Okay. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yay! Occasionally I know that. <laughs> okay, you have a good one. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Why was the man running in circles around his bed? Why was the man running in circles around his bed? Dumb dad joke. We'll be back. All right. Okay, we're back. Thank you for listening. We got open line, 651-641-1071. Why was the man running in circles around his bed? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, he was trying to catch up on his sleep. Oh. <laughs> Dumb dad jokes. Another those dad jokes, I tell there you. There you go. Had to think outside the box. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, um, I'm not a pretzel person. Okay. Yep. Uh, I don't eat a lot of that. You know, potato chips every once in a while with tater top. Uh, you know, dunk it in the tater top. Mm. Thing. Yep. Okay, have you had these before, Dots? Oh, they're the best. Oh, my I Lord. I have fallen in love. I cannot, and I don't exactly need, I'm trying to lose weight, not gain weight, but the Dots home-style pretzels, and now they just came out with honey mustard. Ooh. Oh, I had those yesterday. I thought I was like a pig and slop. <laughs> it was like, oh, man. But these Dots are phenomenal. And like I said, I, I do not... It's called Dots Home Style Pretzels, original seasoned pet pretzel twists, and um, oh, I, I'm I'm totally addicted, and it's that's not good. I don't need all those carbs, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, I'm a big fan of uh, the Southwest blend in the blue bag. If you can find okay. that, no, I haven't tried that. Um, I, I just yeah. saw the mustard ones this week okay. up at Wally World. You know, I, I hadn't seen, or I've only seen the original. I've never seen that they had other flavors. Mm. And then, so I got the honey mustard. I'm really glad. I bought two bags of the original, original flavor. I'm like, oh, heck, I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy two bags of the mustard. If it's anywhere near the, the original. And cheers, bananas. I opened it up. I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Okay. Um, okay, give out six five one six four one one zero seven one. Okay, now we got another bear, another dog that was at nine eleven. Okay, uh, twenty years ago, bear. He was a golden retriever and was the first dog at the scene of the World Trade Center. Bear and his partner, uh, the male, the Maryland firefighter John um, Gilkey, worked at the wreckage site for three months trying to locate people buried in the rubble. Sadly, Barry uh, died of cancer on September 26, 2002, at the age of 12. So he worked 9-11 when he was 11 years old. I mean, that's phenomenal. And then working at three months, that's so much intake, intake, intake. Okay, and then we got Gick. This is a weird name for a dog. Git Ander. Git Ander. Okay, it's two separate words. A seven-year-old German Shepherd and uh, returned to duty as a member of the Union County Sheriff's. Whoops, i got to move the screen now. Uh, uh, as a Union County Sheriff, just a minute, to see. Department K-9 unit after having served as a search and rescue dog at the World Trade Center. Tragically, even though he was wearing a police badge, he was shot uh, to death when a couple of uh, policemen mistook him for a vicious stray. 
So isn't that a bummer? After a car chase. Isn't that sad? Okay, now we got Jack, J-A-C. Okay, he uh, found a living, uh, he found a living survivor and identified the location of several bodies, including those of two New York City fire department men. Uh, while he worked to, to find the bodies, Jack became ill from inhaling the fumes and the particles and was injured when he fell through some debris. With the help of the Connecticut State uh, Police escort, it took Jack to hand, hand Jack and his handler only f- 55 minutes to reach um, the animal hospital in Springfield, Massachusetts, where he responded well to treatment, and Jack was back on duty after three days later. Isn't that some? Three days later. So these are some of the dogs that have worked with, um, that worked at 9-11, right? And then Jackson, a three-year-old German Shepherd therapy dog, served at the World Trade Center in a very special way. Uh, they didn't, they not only had the dogs that came in for, you know, for finding live people and cadaver, they also had jobs or dogs on site for pe- for comfort because everybody was so stressed out. The dogs would just go up and just, you know what I mean? Help people out, just pet me, you know, whatever, just kind of get some Zen. But anyway, so, uh, Jackson, three-year-old German shepherd, a young boy whose parents had been killed in the tragedy was inconsolable and refused to allow anyone to help him. Jackson's trainer spotted the boy and, and became determined to draw him out. So he began playing ball with Jackson, as we were just talking about. <laughs> the ball rolled back and forth between them, and then finally the trainer rolled the ball in towards the towards the little ball to the little boy, and uh, the little boy reached for the ball, and then uh, he uh, rolled the ball for Jackson, and then the boy uh, came out, and they were able to help him. And it was the first step towards getting him healed, okay? So like I said, uh, 300 dogs, uh, obviously I'm not going through all of them, just going some of the stories for the, the dogs at 9-11, because we saw or heard this whole weekend about all the bravery of humans and stuff like that. I just thought that the dogs need to be mentioned a little bit more. Did you, like, did you see my shirt? Isn't that a cool shirt? German Shepherd on it? Love the shirt. Yes, it looks like an American flag, and it's got a, a dog, German Shepherd on it. And so that was for my 9-11 drive. But it was too hot to wear it yesterday. <laughs> so I had another American flag uh, uh, shirt to wear. So anyway, so give a holler, 651-641-107. you got open line so you can get up right away. Uh, we're going to be going to the top of the hour here pretty quick, though. Okay, back to compulsive behavior. Folks, you cause it by throwing and throwing and throwing. In my book, now we, I mentioned this a couple uh, weeks ago, uh, uh, that I never throw, did fetch with my dogs. I would lob it out. I would point and say, pick it up or get it, and then pick it up and then bring it here, and then you massage them. Oh, what a buddy, what a buddy. And then you work your hand up to the object they got and then drop, and then sometimes they throw it once, sometimes twice, and sometimes three, and done. And you got to have when you're done playing with the dog say done and that tells the dog okay we're we're, we're off the clock we're not we're just going to hang out now you get you know you figure out what word when you, when you're done so the dog doesn't keep bringing it back bringing it back do it again do it again remember you are the one with the brains here okay i mean the major brains hopefully and so if the do- if a dog brings you like the ball or something like that to throw just say thank you and then go put it in the uh, closet get it out of the way Okay, never ever have the dog train you to, okay, drop it in your lap, throw it, drop it in your lap, throw it, because that becomes a pain in the butt, all right? You're building a compulsive disorder. You want the dog to look at you like, okay, buddy, what are we going to do next? Instead of the dog just making, you know, uh, deciding what we're going to do. 
But the bigger thing is what I don't like also, too. Now, some people like to use laser lights with their cats, and that's excellent. Cats and lasers are great exercise. Okay, dogs and laser are lasers forever is, is not good. It can take, and that compul- uh, does a compulsive disorder for shadows and flies, where that quickness of the laser and the dog learns to dart and then try to catch this. Remember, dogs are prey sensitive. They're into motion if it moves or after it. And so that's why never, ever do a uh, uh, laser light with your dog. And then another thing that causes a, a compulsive disorder is radio cars. You know, the radio remote cars that, you know, you send all over the place, you know. Okay, that's another thing. Dogs start chasing those. And so people are like, you know, all of a sudden spin in the car and the dog has to slam on the brakes and spin. And I, I get it. It's cool to watch. But there again, don't have your dog do something that you would not be willing to do it exact same way. And then as long as you are doing it for them, we have to pay more attention to our dogs because our dogs will keep following us and looking to us for a lead. And we decide when are we going to stop? You know, some of the smarter dogs learn, they stop. And then the person looks at it. Well, what did you stop for? Well, the dog was either tired, you know, needed a rest. And then people think he's a strong willed dog. And so, you know, puppies um, under six months will do that. They'll all of a sudden stop. But then you got to think about how long you've been walking the dog. You know, have you been going out for, you know, are you on mile 10 with a little puppy? That the poor little legs are tired. But that's what dogs do. They give us their all. So unless you look at your dog and whatever you are willing to do, if you could switch places, then that's okay. I'm okay with it. And if you're willing to run for the tennis ball 90 times, you know, in a half hour at full bent speed, you know, full bent all out, slam on the brakes pick up the ball, spin, and power back to me. And if you want to do that 90 times, then then do it for your dog. But we got to start looking to our dogs and working better as a team. Okay, so when you guys, when you come back, uh, give a holler, 651-641-1071. Okay, ready? This is a knock, knock. Knock, knock. Now you're going to say? Who's there? Okay, radio. <laughs> 